Welcome to episode 181 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me embracing three inch seam shorts on CD Villa Senor on Twitter. And reunited me with and reunited with me this week is my regular co-host Ty. And where can we find you raising your hemlines on social media? You're the co-host. I'm the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Not tonight. I have to read the thing. When I read the intro, you're the co-host. And I know. when you read the intro, I'm the co-host. I know. But I just I like just not responding to what you're saying to me and completely <laughs> throwing you off right to start with. You can find me uh, touting 5.5-inch inseam shorts at S-E-A-T-J-K. Three inches, man. That is just a... Listen. No, there was, this, there was this, I don't know, Kinja Deal thing that showed up on my Twitter. It was like, three-inch seam shorts are the thing. Like, and it's like, listen, unless you're running the Boston Marathon or you're like some Olympic athlete, I don't, don't come around me with your three inch seam shorts. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to see your business, whatever. No, no. no. Three inch. For casual like, wear, seven is the minimum. <laughs> yes. Seven inch is the minimum for casual wear. I will yeah. accept five and a half if we're swimming. Yes. No, that perfectly. Yeah, exactly. I can't, I, you know, I really don't want to do five and a half inch, but you know, but. It's that awesome. Is. I have like I've acquired over the last year or so like three five and a half inch inseam swimsuits, full flex, like stretchy, mm-hmm. and yeah. way you above like the knee. I love it. They're perfect. It's like trunks. You know, it's like Ooh, it's like the eighties. Daniel Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Stop that. But no, not like not like they're not they're not like, skin tight like that. Like they're not. I mean, Are they Greg looks... Norman style shorts? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I do have to get the kids to leave me alone. They're trying to, they're always trying to hit me in the, in the ding ding. <laughs> um, but well, that's just a pool thing. That just happens when you're a dad. The right. kids are trying to climb exactly. all over you. It's like, exactly. yeah, stop it. You're going to kick me in the yeah. crotch. Exactly. And your kids get bigger and they still like kick you in the groin at the oh. pool. It, it never ends. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the day for this to stop. But. <laughs> I'm dealing with the having two children that are uh, have, have suddenly um, diverged quite a bit in size. And the younger, even though they're not that far apart in age, the younger one is still pretty small. I don't even think she weighs 50 pounds. So I can kind of toss her around. Whereas mm-hmm. the older one, who's, you know, now nine and, and change, um, is like heavy, like a, like a, it's like a person. <laughs> right. And she like still, she's like, oh, do that to me. And I'm like, oh, you're going to. No. My, it's my back, my neck and my back. Right. I got a, I got a, a rotator cuff issue that I'm dealing with here. Yeah, you need to get up off me. But this is, but this is a good this this episode is about the kids in a in a way. I mean, we're we're talking a little more about back to school stuff. Back to school. So we're going to talk a little bit about school movies, getting back to school, and 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 the mythology around college. Of course, the stupidest things ever said, and uh, and then the overtime. But uh, but as we get wound up here, as we get back into our podcasting, it's been a while since we've been together. It has, yeah. But you, so you, you're, you're, you're thinking about your your long hair bit days. Now, my long hair days are far behind me. Yeah. But I had I had excessively long hair for like a long time too. For right? a while, for a good long while, for how, probably how the time I was from about the time I was nineteen to maybe twenty three or twenty four. I had like m- mostly belt length. Hair. Yeah, <laughs> like I used was... to work with a guy that like worked at the K Rock station, and then he came over and worked in the IT department with us. Uh-huh. And he had for like the first three years, he had like 
that the like low middle back hair. Right. But then but then someday it just like you know, it just you're just tired of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, it's hard to manage whatever and you just walk in and you just have them cut it all off. It's For tired. sure. And so I did that, and and I had long hair, like shoulder length hair, for a little while. Again, later on, closer to when I closer to thirty, like twenty eight, twenty nine. But obviously, I don't have I don't have the follicle density to pull anything off these days. But but tell me about your long hair experience now is into the we're well into year two of this of this grow out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it started technically, I guess, in March of 2020, right? Right when mm-hmm. we did the yeah. first lockdown, and then uh, I just kind of continued to not get a haircut because it, at some point it became like an adventure. Right. Um, I went in for a trim like two months ago for health because it was getting really ratty, mm-hmm. um, and because I have curly hair and it's kind of coarse, um, it gets just unwieldy really fast. And in fact, even though I haven't really cut any length off, it's not really getting longer. It's just growing outward off the back of my head. <laughs> Um, it is because I posted a picture of it on the podcast feed last week because Josh and I discussed this, uh, which I didn't get to publish, but we talked about it a little bit and, um, he was laughing cause I sent him a picture cause he was, you know, making a, a Kenny Powers joke. Of course, it's like, that's sure. That's exactly what you're, that's what you're getting, you, but you it's get not the... on the top like that. I don't have like the tight curls all around. Like I don't have like no. the, my hair is, is, is basically straight until it gets about to the tops of my ears. Yeah. And, then and then it then just it, boom and there's curls everywhere. Yes, and and if you were to try to get through that, you'd have to have grow it to like some critical mass to where it would start to fall, but that's a ways out. I am to the point where I can get it all in a ponytail and that's new. That just happened. So Nice. Yeah, you got to like walk all, around, you got to start you got to start being top knot, but you got to be like uh like bun boy. I accidentally did a business call um, <laughs> that I thought was just a phone call on yeah. Friday last week. With a with a bun in the back of my hair, um, and it was like a not a someone I knew, and I, so I was like, I'm wearing a Skeletor T-shirt, and I've got my hair pulled back. <laughs> nice professionalism, and, by the way. I, I addressed it immediately. I was like, so I didn't know this was a video call. <laughs> Although so, you know the the hair might have looked more professional, right? But what I've learned about the long hair um, is that it, the patriarchy is is holding women down. Now, you probably would agree that all, well, I mean, specifically with regard to hair, I mean, yes, of course, mm. and everything else, but right. <laughs> but with regard to hair, you would agree that I think most men are, are fans of what they would consider pretty hair. You know, like pretty, healthy hair. It's an attractive yes. feature on a woman. Sure. Yes. Yeah, okay. you bet. Well, if you like that and you're a man who, I mean, I assume most bathroom fixtures are designed by men or most bathroom layouts, okay. you would design every shower head you ever designed it with like a, a high pressure sprayer separate from the main shower head. Everyone, it, it wouldn't be like a separate option, luxury option. It would just be part of the standard equipment because as someone with difficult to manage hair, if I want it to look good, I've got to, I've got to condition it. Right. And it's like, yeah. it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a small undertaking, you know, plus I get to like look at my hands and pretend I'm in Chernobyl every time <laughs> right. I take a shower. <laughs> like, Oh no. Um, but when you shower somewhere with a high pressure sprayer, because conditioner is fucking hard to rinse out. That's, I mean, th- that's the point of it mostly. <laughs> right. Okay. But you also don't want to have slimy, heavy, unrinsed hair. And I'm just saying, man, if, if men really cared about women's appearances, all, all men involved in designing shower heads would make sure there was a high pressure sprayer available. I don't know. I'm doing back bends in the shower because ours is like, <laughs> I don't want it because I want the conditioner to run down my back. It's getting my ass crack. No, that's, that needs conditioning too. <laughs> <laughs> Your butt I don't hair. have a hairy back. I don't have a hairy back, so I'm not getting anything out of that. 
be hilarious. Oh, you're back. I hear you. I hear so what you're silky. saying. I, <laughs> wow. How, how did that work out? I, I understand. I, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a grand plot against people with long hair, but no, no, no. It's just ignorance. It's, it's just like, I don't, I don't live that experience. Shower. Yeah. The but it's like, I don't live that experience. So I can't possibly like, you know, push forward on empathy. For something I, was, I, I don't know about. I was thinking about those people with like the full rain shower that like takes up like that drops like seventeen gallons of water on them like from the ceiling. Yeah, like those people. Like I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're living their, they're living their best lives now. Okay. I keep seeing well, that one pop up on the internet about like where the shower is like above a rock. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Dribbles off the rock. Yeah, you gotta lay on the rock. Right. I get. I you know you get to pretend like you're in a water, uh, like a waterfall or something. Anyway, Very let's good. get this. Let's get this. Wait, I have started. one more thing, what? important oh. hair thing to tell you about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, because my hair is crazy. It's not just long. It's like it's crazy. <laughs> right. right. Okay. It, it, it's the kind of thing that like people look at me for a long time when they look at me. Mm-hmm. And um, you can wear anything you want when you look like a lunatic. Because yes. it's baked into people's initial impression of you. Yeah. So you can really like wear any kind of crazy outfit if you style your hair in a crazy way, which I've never really experienced. I've always had sort of straightforward, you know, haircuts. Right. And I guess I had blonde hair for a while, and then you know, that that was a little bit like that, but that was just a thing at the time. Right. My experience was though I was walking, I was wearing a, a flower shirt into the the weed shop. Frankly. Okay. Um. We were going on vacation. And I was doing some right. pickup. So you're a guy with a beard and long hair with a flowery shirt in a weed shop. You're like, so how do they tell you from anybody else in the weed shop? I know. But so I came <laughs> you in. Blend, you blend right in. I came in. Uh, fancy sneakers, of course. Sure. Uh, I came in, though, and then uh, the gals helped me out. And um, the guy behind the counter is kind of putting the stuff away. And he looks over. And he's like, yeah, I like that shirt, man. And I'm like, oh, hey, thanks. You know, it's a, I think it kind of goes with the hair. And, you know, when you, when you have, you, you kind of have to wear something like this, you know, you have hair like this. And, and then the girl behind the counter, she's like, you're right. You really kind of do. You have to lean into it. It's, it's, it's a whole vibe. <laughs> and I related <laughs> this, I related this story to my wife. She's who, like, it's not a vibe. She's she, like, cut your hair off. She, <laughs> Dirt bag. she proceeded to say it's a whole vibe to me like 15 times in the course of our four day vacation. <laughs> And I can't decide it was because she was making fun of me or because she was jealous that some other girl maybe acknowledged that it was a whole vibe. 60-40. Yeah, probably. That's probably. Giving you a hard time 60-40 jealous. I think it's the other way around. (laughs) You you would. All right. Segment number one. So it is back to school time. And back to school time means a lot of things. But I thought we'd, we'd jump into our back to school show. Um with a little trip down movie lane Mm. and talk about, because there are all kinds of great movies about high school or at least they're high school adjacent Mm -hmm. or something. I don't get to watch high school movies, only um, tween shows about (laughs) high school that my older daughter just absolutely (laughs) cannot get enough of. Right. High school, the musical, the series. No, Uh, none of that yet. Um, A lot of victorious. We watched a lot of, uh, But they're Victoria, watching uh, like Victoria Henry, Justice. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> they're watching uh, Henry Danger now, and then he, that's not really a high school show. I mean, it's sort of like high school adjacent. He's a superhero. Oh, okay, um, all right. And then my wife like made me sit through all of Outer Banks on Netflix. Oh my God, Outer Banks! <laughs> this is a okay. We might as well address Outer Banks right now. <laughs> first of all, I sat through about half of out the first season of Outer Banks. That, that's like, the best part of the whole show. For and sure. I was like, and I was like, this show is stupid. Mm. It's so ridiculous. 
And you thought like 90210 people are cast badly. Like what are these 30 year old people doing in high school? <laughs> Except for Sarah Cameron, who's like, so now it's like whatever Johnny hairdo. JD, JR, uh, JQ. John B. John B. Yeah, John B., the R&B singer from the 90s, remember? <laughs> John, so John B. is like this 28-year-old actor like dating this like 16-year-old girl. It's just whatever. And the plot's stupid. And then I sat through about 30 minutes of episode five or six. My daughter was watching. I was like, God, this show has not gotten any better. Mm. Anyway, Outer it's, Banks, turd. Terrible first, show. First three or, three or four episodes, I was like, okay, maybe. And then... At some point, I can't remember, it just took a full-on turn into melodrama. And I was like, oh, I see this is a thing where I'm going to be looking at my phone while we watch this. <laughs> it's such a bad... God, God bless you for sitting through it. Ugh. Yeah. Can't. Anyway. So we're just going to jump into movies. Now, there are plenty of lists of best um, movies. I tried to stay away on my list. We're going to you know, go through you know, four or five, whatever we have time for. Okay. But I tried to stay away too, you know, because John Hughes movies have like an oversized impact on my youth because I was a high school student during those. Sure. Sure. But I had to break one. I had to put the breakfast club on my list. Mm. That's a reasonable choice. It's a quintessential. I mean, it's like a one, it's like a play. I'm surprised people don't do the breakfast club as a play. Like like a high school play because right. I mean it's like one setting essentially. It's, it's basically library. a bottle episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just the yeah. And you know, people come in, people come out. I'm surprised, you know, I'm surprised uh, high schools don't do that as drama. Or maybe they do, and I just don't know. But I, I, I'm going to lead with Breakfast Breakfast Club. I, I can't I can't assail it. It didn't make my list, but mostly because I, like, I'm actually biased against the Hughes movies at this point. <laughs> it is extent. hard It is hard to watch high school movies now that you're older because you're just like, these you people are so dumb. But, like, at the time, it was so hard-hitting and, like, yeah. like you know, just groundbreaking like oh my god they're, and they're we've talking, talked about this they're talking about my life right we've talked <laughs> about this before on the show i'm i'm really not equipped to deal with whenever my daughters start to get serious about boys in high school when it doesn't matter at all right and for me to be able to say anything other than i don't care it doesn't matter at all <laughs> <laughs> quit shitting on my dreams dad your feelings are valid everything you're feeling it about is just wild bullshit i, I can't so right um, I actually, so I, I picked Napoleon Dynamite and I think that this is a controversial <laughs> choice because I think people think Napoleon Dynamite is funny, but it kind of just came and went for a lot of people. It's stuck around for me. And I think it's partially because I lived um, for eighth and ninth grade in a small farm town and Napoleon Dynamite is honestly far more realistic than anyone would have you believe. I grew up in a small farm town, so... <laughs> It really yes. captures the vibe of like what it's like to be there. The casts in the you know in, in the the social casts. Um, you know, when I went to a much larger school, things were a lot muddier, right? Like I had right. friends that were all over the social spectrum, but in a small school, you have your crew, and then your crew is sort of like somewhere in the rankings, right? And uh, no. Napoleon Dynamite really captures that, uh, particularly the relationship between Napoleon and his brother Kit, and the weird shit that they get up to, <laughs> like after school. <laughs> it is, I mean, it is farce, but it's, yes. but it's, it's, yeah, I get it. Like there, there's always that one kid who just ends up on the outside of everything, and yeah. like, and we make fun of him. Dresses weird, he's weird, yeah, and you know that is it. <laughs> that is. I weird. had at least one weird friend who who I can see parts of like Napoleon in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love, and plus it's funny. It never stops being funny. Yeah, I'm gonna put these. I'm gonna put these. I'm gonna give you two movies here next because they're both the quintessential high school fantasy, which is to say that there's no possible way an actual high schooler could pull any of this off. 
Okay. But it's set in high school. The first one's Risky Business. Mm. And the second one is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, they're great movies. Wildly entertaining. But no high school kid in the history of high school could have pulled off either of those two things. It is, it is like, high school kids sit back and they look at these, they watch these movies. Right. And especially Risky Business, because when I was young, it was the HBO movie. And then there was, like, nakedness and, like, sex and stuff in right. it. So it was awesome. So we watched it every time it came on HBO. But it's like he drives a Porsche. He makes out with a, like a, he gets naked with a hooker. It's like it's the the most amazing thing. Never happened. Never could happen to you. One hundred percent. Never. I know maybe like three guys in college that could have pulled that off and graduated. <laughs> like maybe and you my, went to a large school. You went yeah. to a, like a, a school of like fifty thousand undergrad. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. There's just nobody is this smooth. Nobody's smooth. Nobody in real life is smooth. It takes experience to become smooth. Right. If you're right. preternaturally smooth, I, I dislike you. It, it took me a long time to get like my, my my you know my crunchy peanut butter smoothed out on the bread. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Ferris Bueller again is another sort of like like it just a it's a it's a high school fantasy. Like he gets over on the teacher, he yeah. gets you know he gets over on the vice principal. He has this amazing thing. It's amazing movies. They totally stand the test of time. It can never happen to anybody. And I love both of those movies. Yeah, Ferris was the next on my list. Um, I think it's fantastic that the whole movie takes place in a single school day, no matter how unrealistic that might be. I mean, <laughs> a, a baseball game walk. alone. Were you guys there for like three innings? <laughs> Take two innings. Maybe two Maybe. innings. Did you just pop in? Yeah, we just um, in. You had lunch. Yeah. Uh, there was a, know, parade. a parade. Yeah, I don't know how that worked. <laughs> streets are shut down in Chicago. And then he run. And then he runs home to get home before his parents get home. Right. Yeah. Um, I also loved engaging though with the absurdity of the evil administrator who's like out to punish his students like to the point of farce (laughs) because like I loved that trope from 80s movies where it's like hey man the vice principal is a bad person and hates all these kids (laughs) (laughs) of course yeah the breakfast club's the same way right the 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 vice principal's like he's the dean I don't know I think if you watch it now he's the good guy right (laughs) he might might be the only guy who gets it him and the janitor the janitor totally gets it right everybody else is just you know everybody else is just their lives are failing it's hard to believe the whole thing with uh, Art Rooney being that uh, that that focused on Ferris yeah but I guess what you know Given what we learned about Jeffrey Jones in the early 2000s, maybe it, it makes sense that he was mad at Ferris. Wasn't gonna, wasn't really gonna bring that up, but I yes. feel like we had to. I, 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 <laughs> I yeah. So anyway, great movie. I, I probably stumble across it once a year, and I always watch it. And you know, I, you know, I, you know, I, I pine for Jennifer Grey's original face. It's you know, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Reasonable. Reasonable. Shana. Shana. All right, go go ahead and give me another one. Uh, I have Easy A. Um, I don't think this one is particularly like it doesn't have a ton of staying power. It doesn't get a lot of cable play. It doesn't. It's not around a lot. But um, I really enjoy Emma Stone's performance in it, and I'm very hot and cold on him on Emma Stone in general as an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I think that I really like the just the unrealistic parent dynamic with like Stanley Tucci and uh, Patricia, Patricia Clarkson because <laughs> I think I, I like that. I think that's the parents I wanted to have. Like for me, and this is you know, I mean, I I, I love my parents well. So, you know, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Love you, mom. Um, anyway, uh, that I always wanted to have that kind of relationship with my parents. Like I was a good student. You know, I like I, I was I was fairly witty for a teenager. I felt like we could have had that dynamic that just wasn't uh, in the cards for me. Right. Right. So I'm, I think I just want to I want to live that life. I think I've only watched that movie in bits and pieces. So I you should I've... sit down and watch it. It's pretty good. I think you'll enjoy it. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Again, um, this is probably this is probably again the borderline fantasy piece, but say anything. 
mm-hmm. which is which is shockingly similar to my actual relationship <laughs> now. Mm. <laughs> I'm a now. bit of a I'm a bit of a Lloyd Dobler. I married, you know, a woman who was very smart and very, you know, you know, very accomplished. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that kind of thing. So I, 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 when I watch that movie, I kind of see a little bit of my own life in it, which is okay. kind of funny. Anyway. Sort of I a, like saying anything a lot. I'm a, you know, I, I could definitely was the kind of doofus that would have done the boombox thing and thought it was going to work. <laughs> it just works for Lloyd Dobler. It doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't work for actual people. No. Just, and again, it's a movie and it's supposed to be and it's, and it's cute and it's funny and it's Seattle and, um, you know that's a that's a that's a thing. I mean, it was it was Seattle before I knew anything about Seattle, really. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so looking watching it now and knowing all the places and seeing the way it the way it all hashes out, it's just pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It's fun to see Seattle in that way. This isn't a thing that happens anymore because the way people communicate with each other. Um, but if we still had to make phone calls where you just had to pick it up and mm-hmm. and hello was a question, right. I can promise you that it was never a good choice that if a girl's not returning your calls to just, you know, swing by. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no. But that, you know, that's the thing. When you grow up in a small town like I did, like you would swing you could swing by. Yeah. Like, yeah, hey, but don't I, like, you know, go sit on the stoop or, or, or be in a yard and just wait. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are a Nobody lot. Nobody thinks that's romantic. Speaking of which, there's a that that sort of that whole phone thing. The the whole phone text dynamic does change movies a ton. Yeah. Like you don't get that great scene from Swingers if there's texting. Right. Where he calls the answering machine 40 times, right? It's just like you just never we never do it. You would send a text into the world and it would just like flitter and then it would never come back and you wouldn't care. Well, like every rom-com from the 90s through <laughs> 2007 <laughs> right. is roughly based on sort of the inability for the two people to talk to each other in a way that settles like the misunderstanding right quickly <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. yes every yeah exactly and uh, i'm gonna throw the last one of the pile back to the future is it a high school movie <laughs> yes. it is though right no it's he's great. in it's high a- school martin mcfly's in high school his parents are in high school his parents are in high school it's a high school much movie. of it takes place at the high school much of it takes place at the high school yeah. Um, I will just refer to the the amazing uh, John Mulaney bit on Back to the Future. You should put it in YouTube and watch it. You'll you'll cry. It's okay. the funniest take on it's the funniest take on Back to the Future ever. I like Back to the Future a lot. It's a it's a high school sci fi movie. What's better than that? Right. And he comes back in time, and his girlfriend changes into Elizabeth Shue. So it's like a win win. There you go. <laughs> like if I travel through time and my girlfriend turned into Elizabeth Shue, I'd be pretty thrilled about it. I can't get out of here without mentioning Dazed and Confused. Um, it's somehow incredibly rewatchable, at least for me, even though I know it like every beat and nothing ever happens. It doesn't resolve, right? It just ends. No, it just, because that's what high school does, right? It just sort of like drivels out. Like we always see high school as this big sort of like it ends and like hooray, like, like that's a real ending. It's just like people sort of drift away. Yeah. And like there's some people who still hang around town. That the nice thing about Dazed and Confused is because it takes place in a certain time, like nineteen seventy whatever, six, seventy seven, seventy eight, mm-hmm. whatever wherever it's set. It's like it's always that time. It's not like it's not like it's weird. It doesn't come as dated because it was packaged already as it was already this, a period this, piece. This, yeah. this period piece. I think that that's you touch on why that that's why it appeals to me. Um, I think it's because it depicts a period of time that I have like vague memories of, right? I was born in seventy nine, so like 83 and 79 are not meaningfully different years. Like no. 80, 83, the country hasn't changed. It hasn't become the 80s yet, right? And, right. 
Reagan has only started to poison everyone's minds. <laughs> thriller, um, thriller hasn't hit yet. And right. Like, exactly. And, and so I only vaguely remember this era and I never got to participate in it. And it seemed like a lot of fun, like a little bit of a loss of innocence, loss of innocence at that period of time. Um, I just think about like, I have this very distinct memory of like being in the bleachers as like a four year old of my, and my dad playing softball in the fields that were outside a water park. And he's wearing like three inch cutoff shorts <laughs> Three inch like, seams, baby. Like cut off jeans, though, right? Like he's playing <laughs> softball in like a, like a sleeveless t shirt, sleeveless tiny tiny cut off jean shorts. Mm-hmm. It's hot as hell. We're baking in the sun. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's it's one of these things where somebody's probably got a boombox and a styrofoam keg or a styrofoam cooler of beer. Sure. And 100%. it's just a period of time that I never got to believe it. Like, I got I got tons of pictures of me as a kid with like ringer t shirt and plaid pants. Yeah, like well, many many. By the time I'm five years old, I'm in New York City and I'm getting to see the '80s fucking up close. <laughs> tell you what, were you drunk with? Were you drunk with the you know, uh, you know Drew Barrymore at Studio Fifty Four when you were like uh, seven years old? I couldn't quite get through the door. <laughs> she could. Yeah, I was hitting on my father's coworkers. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Segment number two. So getting back to school and getting our my kids sort of ready for school again, and mm-hmm. it feels like it feels like it should be old hat, but mm-hmm. this year it's just kind of again weird for many many reasons. I can't believe we're going to start another school year. <laughs> Here we go. Fucking, I but, am, it's it's really hard on my mental health. I don't mean to blow up your intro. No, it's fine. But buddy, the. Calendar turning over to August and us coming back from that vacation and then me look at, looking at the calendar. Oh, three weeks till school starts. <laughs> All right, go right. ahead. Oh, I was just things have things have changed a lot, and obviously, going back to school used to be such this exciting time, right? The two weeks leading up to back to school was pretty cool. You get that you you know you get to go shopping. Yeah. Like the only thing I ever got to get was shoes because yeah. I always just got hand me down clothes from my older brother. Right. Which was fine. But I get to get shoes. And school supply shopping was kick-ass. Like, yeah. I loved school supply shopping. You know, like, Trapper Keeper. Oh, hey, yeah. man. Give me some Trapper. Give me some Trapper Keeper. Like, all that, day. Trapper Keeper was the best. Also, the Trapper Keeper folders were underrated. Right? Like, glossy. Yeah. High, high-res art on there. <laughs> some weird rainbows. Who knows what you got? Right. And and even college back to school. Like, college back to school, shopping for books and all that kind of... Again, you had to get... Do you have things. a positive memory of that? It was just... Yes. I mean, it was just... It was fun to do. I don't know. I was already on my own by then. And uh, you college, had to buy those books. Those, oh those my books God. were just hella expensive. Yes. And so it just sucked. It's like, oh, yes, yeah. let me cut these checks. <laughs> Great. My, my folks were still picking up the book check, so it was. It I wasn't can't such wait a big to steal salsa and chips from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> drink and live. Drink, drink creamers from the from the free creamers from the from the uh, for the cafeteria. But the uh, but but nowadays, and do they do this in your school district? But in ours, you pay like a, a school supply fee, and mm-hmm. then everyone just gets school supplies. No, that's what we have. We we pay like thirty bucks, and and then you, your, your kid goes to school and they get the school supplies. And you get, you know, you just get the bulk, you know, whatever you need. There's markers, there's pencils, there's paper, there's whatever. You just get, you just get what you need. No, in fact, in our school district, generally, I buy all my kids' school supplies, and then I ask the teacher what they didn't get enough of, and I buy a bunch of that. We also, we also do. We also in in elementary, in elementary, we did a lot of that, but in middle school, they don't really ask for 
like snacks or whatever. Right. right. You know, so those kinds of things. But yes, in elementary school, we did. We we even bought, I think one year we even bought the teacher like a really nice pencil sharpener, like an electric pencil sharpener. Yeah. Like, because she was like, she asked, she asked for one. And we were like, okay, if you need, oh shit, if you need one, <laughs> get you a really nice one. But the, uh, but, but. I think that they did away with it really because some kids would just come baller with all their school supplies. You and think like, so? Yeah. And then yeah. other kids would just feel like, you know, I got a pencil and like seven pieces of loose leaf paper. <laughs> That's my school supplies. Somebody comes in with like brand new backpack, brand new folders, brand new everything. Like, what's up? And like some poor kids just like, fuck. Sounds like public school to me. It sounds like... <laughs> So they I did. Listen, a, they did uh, away my life it. wasn't that much different. They did. A, they did away with it. They yeah. did away with it. But the. Uh, but I thought to myself, you know, I was thinking about what was my favorite school supply, and I mm. tell, I'm telling you, like all through my my, uh, and I probably have mentioned this before, but it's the 24 pack of Crayolas with the hard plastic case, like it's two 12s of different colors, and they sit okay. perfectly in this clear plastic case, and the. And then you just take the top off and get your crayons out. My favorite, like my favorite, uh, my favorite, absolute favorite school supply. Like some what people would the... come with like the 64 with the sharpener in it. Yeah. I was like, that's too much. No, like that's... the 128 with the sharpener. That was where it was at. 128? <laughs> yeah. Dominating second grade art with the 128. <laughs> See, that's why they don't let kids buy school supplies anymore. Because some kids will roll it in with the 128 pack. Like, what's up, suckas? I was a serious artiste. In my, in your face. What do you got? Like, you, went, what, you got the eight oversized crayons? What are you? What are you, like some kind of loser? Check this out. <laughs> Bam! 128. It was like the only thing my mom would like spring for because she was an artist by trade. Uh-huh. So she'd get me like the legit art supplies. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> the, uh, the, um, but what else do you have nostalgia for? No, I don't really. I, I do have nostalgia for something my daughter has, and that's that backpack. She still uses that same backpack that she won all the money from you, me, and Rex playing golf. We took we, we took my daughter golfing we for money, yeah, <laughs> and and she cleaned our clocks. Yeah, well, we we rigged it for her, but kind we of. also didn't play well, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then she cleaned our clocks for like a hundred bucks, a yeah. hundred bucks, and then she went out and bought this like baller um, North Face backpack that she still uses to this very day. So that's like three Good. or four years old. She's gotten she's she's never getting. I think she's just going to use that backpack for the rest of her life. My number one old school school supply item that I miss is the themed lunchbox. Mm. The, this was like, it was, it was like, it said so much about your identity. It was like your one chance to be like, man, Knight Rider. You guys watch this shit. It's so good. GI Joe. That's old man. Right. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like I had this red plaid, um, metal, metal lunchbox. Mm-hmm. That had a matching thermos inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you put the thermos inside, you could fit like, like half an apple and like squeeze, like just slam. <laughs> like the, the thermos took up way too much of the inside. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a good design, but it was cool. Right, and then and then I, and then then I had you know another, and then it got bent over the years, so like mm. the top didn't quite fit right because you know it's metal. Mm-hmm. And so I had it forever until I stopped bringing lunches to school. But would you get a new one every year? Like, were you current? No. No, I like maybe one every other year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some David Hasselhoff on the front of your, like, what's up, suckers? It's a talking car in Hasselhoff. 
Mask. <laughs> Mask. You don't remember Mask? Mask was the cartoon where you were probably too old for it. Um, uh, like the, they were secret agents, but then all their stuff did two things. So like it was a big Jeep, and then you push this button, and like a boat shot out from inside the Jeep. It popped open. <laughs> the whole oh. thing, like ma- M- Mask, M dot A dot S dot K. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the, I, I think I, it stood for something, right? They were like the CIA, but you know, <laughs> it's like the CIA but GI Joe. That's but GI Joe, okay. Yeah, all right, I feel like All right, but speaking of school supplies, I thought I wanted to get into this really quickly. Okay. Because somebody on Twitter posted that the Pilot G two gel pen mm-hmm. is the greatest is the greatest of all pens. Yeah, I they 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 tweeted that uh that like retweeted if you're down with the the. The Superior Pilot GP gel pen <laughs> fandom. I, I, you might have seen it because I retweeted it. Yeah, you're, you're probably the one who retweeted it. I jumped in and said, I, I, and, I'm, and I'm big Pentel RSVP guy. because I think That is, cl- that is I, a trash fucking pen. No, because clicky pens are for children, first of all. Okay, so this is a wild take <laughs> that you proceed to defend like, over, like, yeah, over this many is not tweets. It's a wild take. <laughs> it is. A clicky pen. Okay, first of all. It's not true that the Pilot G2 is the best of all pens because the best of all pens is what I'm holding in my hand right now. <laughs> this is a Uniball Vision Elite. This is the best pen. <laughs> and I know, best. I know, because uh-huh. I, I, I am doing a lot of drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when you, used to work, when you and I used to work together, I remember getting scolded for drawing in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're not listening. I'm like, actually, that I'm listening more, atten- more intently, but you know. No, that's a trash pen. This is this is this is okay. So here's the deal with the Pentel uh, RSVP. First of all, if you have, first of all, it's got like most most modern pens has the rubber grip mm. toward the end, which is Gordon. Mm-hmm. One of my child. <laughs> it's a little bit. The gauge is a little bit wider. So again, a guy with bigger hands. Yeah, it's not good for fine work. You can get it in fine and medium point. I'm a medium point guy because all I have to do, I I I literally write with a pen. Like, not very often. So it's it's big. It's comfortable. It has a nice it has a nice cap. Very very, it's very uh it's very solid. It's not and it's not clicky. And it, and if if I have to sit through another meeting where some guy's clicking his fucking pen like a well like a like a four year old, I'm gonna be like, that's get, not con- the get control. It is the pen's fault. If you just okay. if you just if you just bought an adult pen you wouldn't have to like be be like in my ear but you're my in in my ear hole with it pens don't click themselves people click <laughs> pens Chris. oh really really is that how, is that how we're is that how we're saying is that is that where we're going with this when it's not actually going to cause you bodily injury <laughs> yes <laughs> but i understand what you're saying well, so, 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 me, so, so show me the uniball the sell me on the uniball again the what is it it's the Uniball Vision Elite. The Uniball Vision Elite, not a clicky pen. Oh, it's a not a clicky pen. pen. See, it good. Is not. See, no. not a clicky pen. That that it just, that's helpful. The G two is the best clicky pen. That's what this person needed to understand. It's like it's not the best pen. It's the best clicky pen. And there is something to be said for when you're done writing with a clicky pen, mm-hmm. being able to click it and toss it down on the paper. It is very satisfying. It's not quite as satisfying to like. That's the thing about it's like you know what it's like hanging up an '80s phone, a clicky pen. <laughs> you remember when you're mad and you slam that yeah. fucker down? Uh-huh. And now you're like, you know, every comedian has done a bit on this, but you now you're mad and you're like, yeah. boop. Right. <laughs> like, that's not satisfying. Right. 
But the Univol Vision Elite, it's got a little, uh, it's got a little grip nose there. It's not yeah. rubberized, but it's got some texture. Uh-huh. I always like these pens. You can kind of see the the pre reservoir. Uh, yeah. It's got like the lines, right? I enjoy that visual. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is much more effective than your RSVP because the RSVP is essentially just a glorified bic. It's a ballpoint pen. It writes like shit. Yeah, it's classic. No, it's garbage. <laughs> An actual hex bic would be a better pen. Like a hex. <laughs> a hex clear bic is a better pen than your RSVP. Um, That's the you got the worst of all worlds right there. No, this is a this is a great pen. <laughs> I'm totally down with the Pentel RSVP. I all well, right, well, I've gotten I've, I've I got nothing else but I got nothing else but. If you're really feeling saucy, you get yourself one of these. I'm looking for the label here. This one's branded, so I don't think it's still up. It's, I want. I want. I'm waiting for somebody in the Twitter that like to come with the like the Mont Blanc, like they're like like some like serious. No, nobody like, wants to like hear some from that serious, person. Some serious pen. Nobody like wants some, to hear from the pen guy. The pen file. The like, only person I know that might have one of those crazy pens is by like Scott Stanzel. <laughs> remember Scott Stanzel because he worked at the White House. He probably has one of the bill pens somewhere. Maybe. 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 Yeah. This this Uniball grip. Point zero seven. This is pretty good too. All right, but uh, who makes the Uniball you know, again? Uniball. Makes it's just Uniball. Uniball. Yeah. I just don't want to write Armstrong with anything called a Uniball. <laughs> 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 what, what? What do you got there? I got a Uniball. No, I'm talking about the pen, dude. <laughs> I don't want to know about your business, buddy. Dave, TMI, I used to work with TMI. TMI. What pen do you have? <laughs> All right. Segment number three. All right. In segment number three, we're talking about the myth of college. Now, like high school movies, there are many, many college movies. And mm-hmm. every college movie wants you to believe that 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 college is this like party thing. And you get to make out. And you get to stay up late. And you get to drink a lot. And somehow you graduate. <laughs> I don't know. That's like, like, and somewhere that's more, and some more accurate than I'd like it to be. And some point, school happens, and like you maybe, yeah. and you and you learn enough to pass the tests and 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 uh, and move on with your life. Did you ever register for like an eight thirty a.m. class because you were so used to high school starting at seven? You were like, that's no big deal, and then you actually tried to go to that eight thirty class, and it was impossible. <laughs> no, I was actually very well aware of my inability to wake up in the morning, mm. and. Uh, was good about getting my uh, my uh, my day started a little later. Although the early birds tend to, I think, have a better college experience because they're done by like two, right? And I was always done by like three thirty. Like, oh yeah, the, the two thirty afternoon lecture. <laughs> yeah. So pluses and minuses. I didn't want to get up, but when I was sitting in that afternoon class, that mid to late afternoon class, I was thinking to myself, God damn it, I wish I was not in this class right now. Well, like my senior year, I had to take, so at the school I went to, which has quarter system, 12 credits is considered a full load. 15 is an actual full load. Full load. My mm-hmm. final quarter in college, I was taking 20 credits so I could graduate on time because <laughs> I didn't want to borrow any more fucking money. Right. Um, and so I was taking a night class because oh. I was working. Uh, and I was doing like two different versions of independent study so that oh. I could use my work time as class. So that's kind of what led me to the whole is college worth it? That's kind of how I approach this with you, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I mean, you've got you're you're almost there, right? You've got one staring down the barrel of it. Yeah, and these are these are like real discussions that we have. Like, you know, the part of me is 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 I wish, part of me wishes maybe she knew a little more clearly what she wanted to do. That's impossible. But it's hard. 
Agreed. Agreed. But but the pressure was different when I was her age because you were full on like pushing into careers like everybody tells you 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 have to know right now because you're going to take all your college boards. You're going to have to write letters and applications to colleges, and you're going to want to have to get into the program you want to. And if you want to be an engineer, you want to go to these five schools. If you want to be a scientist, you want to go to these five schools. Or, you know, it's, it's all this. There's There was so I felt I felt way more pressure than I think my daughter gets because my folks were really, like, focused on on me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What's up? And I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of a science guy, but you know, should, what I don't know what I really what I want to do, right? So it just mm-hmm. became this 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 thing, and you and you just had to choose. I mean, was your was your was your college was your run up to college similar? Um, it was a little different. Uh, nobody really in my family at that point had gone to a four year school, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that I always wanted to go to college primarily because I just wanted to get out of the house. I was ready to be on my own. I was really ready, really just ready to not have other people tell me what to do. Sure. Um, now my college run up was, was different because I didn't, I didn't have like means, so I didn't have options. Um, so it boiled down to like where I could get some level of scholarship. There was a couple of different schools. I applied to a lot of schools just because, um, I, I, I'd actually put some money away and my parents like helped me with applications and I didn't know where I wanted to go, but I did at the time very convincingly in my own mind, think I was going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a doctor. So, uh, I did have some other options. Um, I almost went to Marquette. And then I was like, oh, I don't really want to live in Wisconsin. And then ultimately it boiled down to me finding out that uh, because my father still lived in Washington State and paid property taxes here, I could go cool. to the University of Washington as a resident. As in-state, in, in-state yep. tuition. Even yep. though I wasn't living here. So that that basically made the decision for me uh-huh. because the, just the sheer, the, the sheer cost was going to be you know, one-third, even with scholarships at other schools um, for out-of-state tuition. Uh, so I, I guess you – know, and my experience there was valuable, but it, I mean, what I learned was to live on my own. I don't really feel like, you know, I mean, even at the time I'm taking the technology classes I'm in, because I very quickly realized that uh, I had an aptitude for technology and I should probably take advantage of that because it seemed like nobody else knew as much as I did about computers mm-hmm. when I got to school. Yeah. I got to school and got around a bunch of people. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I already know more about this than all these people. I was like, I should probably do this. That's sort of, that's sort of what happened to me too, right? Because I, you know, I'd been working with personal computers ever since they showed up. Mm-hmm. And so I just had a, I had a real feel for them. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, no, I don't know exactly what you're doing, but let me look at it. I'll figure it oh, out. Oh yeah. I think I understand what's going on here. And then, and so that sort of led me into my career, which I probably didn't have to go to exactly like. Exactly. For, so yes, I did get a degree in engineering, me too. but it's like, but I never really had any intention of like doing serious engineering. Like it was never, it was just sort of what, what, what I was sort of led to believe that, that I was going to do. So I ended up, you know, you know, I probably should have, you know, in hindsight, right. You'd choose a, I'd probably choose a little more, you know, I love the friends that I made in college, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong, but you know, I probably would have gone to a place that was a little more social, a little more mm-hmm. and, and got, got the same thing I got out of what I got out of, you know. A, a school with a really high sort of high engineering, you know, reputation. 
And I think that I didn't put as much into college as I probably should have individually because I think I, even going straight from high school, I just felt like I was waiting for my life to start. Yeah. And so it was just more school. It was just another obstacle to get through. It wasn't like I didn't look back on it and realize, you know, I didn't have the, the, the presence of mind to realize, hey, this is an opportunity. You're paying to be here. You should be getting as much. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I had the standard slacker's attitude of let me go to as little class as I can and just make sure I pass the tests and, and hold up a decent GPA and get out of here as fast as possible. Right. Instead of actually learning about mm-hmm. the thing you're supposed to be learning about. And that right. is well, the, the, that's that's part of the regret. The other part is, you know, again, to your point, I learned a lot about taking care of myself and being on my own. Yeah. Which was something I'd never done because like, I'd never even washed my own clothes until I went to college. Well, that's wild shit. <laughs> so it's just kind of the, I mean, it's just well, it's just how I grew up. You know, things got taken care of like that. I didn't have to make my bed. I never had to, I never had to wash my clothes. I didn't, I just didn't do any of that. It just didn't, it wasn't, it just didn't happen for me. So, but I learned to do it and it was not a bad deal. It was just, it's just something, you know, now I have to do this on my own. Now I have to, you know, now I have to sort of get myself from A to B without people telling you what to do or, you know, being a little more responsible. And that's, and to do that under the under the sort of the quote unquote loving arms of college is probably a good place to do that and to learn that and to hopefully learn something. Maybe maybe part of it is learning to think, learning to teach yourself, learning to be responsible for your own knowledge, yeah. and then developing sort of those that next level of life skills where I don't live in my parents' house anymore. I have to. I have to be, and I don't worry about my daughter in that in that regard at all. I think I think she'll be fine from a from a from a life skill standpoint. She'll be able to do for herself and do all those things. I just don't know what she's going to do afterwards. So if she just takes a, if she goes to a liberal arts, you know, into a liberal arts kind of education. I mean, you can always get more education or more specific education if you wanted to, like even if you're two or three years into it. If you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I think I've really discovered what I wanted to do. You can just you can just backtrack into any sort of program, pick it up, and then and then finish it out. Even if it takes you four and a half years or five years total, no, no big Yeah, deal. I wouldn't be opposed if there was some feasible way. I, I just think that our system is set up for to not develop fully formed adults. Um, I think you have to kind of already be dead set on becoming one. I don't think the, the the rigor of the system will turn you into one unless it's like your goal. I wish I had spent more time like actually learning something valuable because like I like I said or I started to say that the technical curriculum I was taking was already dated when I was taking it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need that to do what I do for a living to, to, to have the computer skills I already had. The college didn't do anything to refine that for me. In fact, outside the classroom, like hobby computing did more for my like career than any actual formal education. So I wish I had like, you know, gone and like done an electrical engineering degree or, or done something where it's like I had a separate trade to fall back on or a set of skills that like, you know, weren't necessarily what I was using professionally, but then it's like, then what was the investment for? And ultimately it's like to show employers that you can complete something. Yeah. Right. Like that you can take on a long-term project and complete it. It is. I mean, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain rubber stamp you get from, I have a degree from X university and no one ever asks what your GPA is. No, you got a degree. Great. You're a college graduate. Great. The only thing that GPA matters for is if you're going to keep going to school. Right. If you if you want to go to grad school, you got to have the GPA. You got to you right. got to make that happen. But for the most people, it's just like you got a degree, awesome. Now go to now go to work. And 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 it might be overvalued in this day and age, and I, I'm not really sure how people feel about it, you know, across the board, but there are certainly plenty of things you can do and fine livings you can make without a college degree. 
But I don't think a college degree is even that much more difficult to get if you get into a career and want to get a college degree. It seems like there are plenty of plenty of ways to do it. Um, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of schools that are available to people that don't cost a lot. Yeah, and, I think the stigma of returning to school is still tough on people. I, you know, adult, it's adults. well, it's not just the stigma, but you know, once you get into your life, I mean, if you've got, oh yeah, if you've got a girlfriend or a wife, or you know, you got a spouse, God forbid, you, you know, you you got kids and you're young, it's like you're never going back to school. <laughs> I intended to get an MBA for like ten years, <laughs> yeah, and then no. I was just like, you know what, whatever. <laughs> Why would I do that? Why would right. It's, it's like I have people. I have people. You know, I'm not trying to brag. I have people that report to me that have graduate degrees that I don't know that I don't hold, and I'm like, hey, look. It's, 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 I'm glad you got that done. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you that it's not always the it's not doesn't always work out for everybody. You have to you have to combine the schooling with aptitude and experience, and case, right? Yeah. You and have to... I one of the just I was gonna say that one of the guys like honestly the stupidest person I've ever worked with professionally, <laughs> <laughs> like purely from a can you cognate these things that I'm speaking right? <laughs> um, he's a graduate of a Pac-12 school, sure. and I would always be like, what? Some, How does this happen? Some people are good at school. School is a different game than work. Work yep. and, and school and work are two different games. You can be That's good true. at school and you can be good at work. And I think I'm pretty good at work. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you can you can take a position and just sort of grow in place and get really great at what you do. And then mm-hmm. hopefully, if you're in the right place at the right time, you can you can you can take what you've learned and take it up a notch and then, and then grow in place a little bit for a while and just be good at what you do. Just like have the opportunity to be good at what you do. Yeah. We've had this conversation before, but I definitely gotten a bad habit of working like Vinny, the microwave Johnson. It's like, <laughs> let me just not do anything for a while and, and then, like work really hard, but make awesome like product when it's done. <laughs> I turned something around today that I've been putting off for a couple of weeks. It probably took me like an hour of actual labor to do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> But it was like this complex idea, right? That uh-huh. like required me to think through multiple facets and bring a bunch of stuff together and then sure. have it finished and show it to literally hundreds of people when it was done. Right. Um, and I, so I've been put it off. But I finally just like, and I did it while I was on a conference call. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you weren't thinking about it and weren't like giving it form in your brain over the last couple of weeks. You just finally put pen to paper and, and, uh, knocked, and, got, that, it, and got it done. That sounds like you're buying my bullshit, but I appreciate the no, but I, it, <laughs> benefit of the doubt. Sometimes, sometimes those things need to bounce around in your brain. All right, it's you know, true. yeah, you know what time of the show this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. The stupidest things ever said. How come? <laughs> Why four? <laughs> Uh, here we have middleweight boxer Eric Lucas. He says, "Do I believe in superstitions? No. If you have superstitions, damn it. If you have superstitions, that's bad luck." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I liked it a lot. That's a good one. Headline from Plymouth Live online newspaper in the UK: Woman demands refund because there were too many Spaniards on her holiday to Spain. <laughs> I love, I love Spain, except it's just chock full of Spaniards. Yeah, I'm going to not slag a, a mutual friend of ours who said something similar about San Diego. <laughs> but aren't all Spaniards just like, you know, Sean Connery in, uh, in uh, Highlander? Hector Villalobos Ramirez. <laughs> I'm a Spaniard. Sure. 
Questions tourists ask guides at Lake Louise in Banff National Park, Canada. How much does that mountain weigh? Is that real snow? Do I spray the bear spray on myself like bug spray? <laughs> don't. Don't do that. Why don't you give it a shot? <laughs> you'll do, Stand you'll, over there. You'll do it. I need, you'll do it one time. Go 100 yards that direction, downwind, and you do it over there. And, and come uh, back when you're then, done. One of the... Th- no one ever asks who Lake Louise is named after? I don't know. Lake Louise in the lake. I don't know. Yeah, Just I, I blew that up. I blew that. <laughs> uh, soccer manager Alex, Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson, I should say, mm-hmm. doesn't. As with every young player, he's only 18. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All 18-year-old players are young, but not all young players are 18. That's what is. That's correct. Here's a correction in Veja News Magazine in Brazil. Correction, the candidate likes to spend his free time reading Tolstoy and not watching Toy Story as originally reported. <laughs> Maybe he likes both. Why can't it be both? I would like to think that this actually happened because whoever he said that to had never heard of Tolstoy. <laughs> right, he just assumed down, he said and Toy Story. And wrote down Toy Story. Yeah. Loves Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Right. Love that Toy Story. Here's BBC health correspondent Catherine Burns. If you look at the breakdown of what kills people across the ages, in the past it used to be infectious diseases and infant mortality. Now it's much more likely to be things related to death. He died from death-related from death-related causes. I succumbed to death. You know, it happens. These are one of my favorites. Overheard in a bookstore. I'm looking for that book, Romeo and Juliet. It's about a fight between the DiCaprios and another gang. <laughs> <laughs> the DiCaprios and the Montenegros and the Montalbans. It's the DiCaprios and the Montalbans <laughs> that are that are that are feuding. I might have to call him Romeo DiCapulet from now on. <laughs> he did play Romeo DiCapulet. Correct. Well, not DiCapulet. He did De, De Montague. <laughs> I like that movie. I know I'm in the minority. I, know. I, really, I love I, Baz Luhrmann's yeah. Romeo. Yeah, Romeo Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. The great movie. Love it. Yeah. Got a big movie poster. And finally, soccer manager Jose, the special one, Mourinho. If you want, you can make a silence very noisy. You could make noise with my silence. <laughs> I'm very special. I'm very special one. I, you know, I, miss, I, miss, I miss him. I mean, he's... You miss him? Yeah, I do. I, he, I, know, he's, I know he's managing somewhere. Maybe he's in Italy or something managing, but I miss... I miss uh, I miss Jose. That whole messy leaving Barcelona thing um, has been really hard on me. <laughs> has it? You it's, think I've it, had a hard, you, hard time? Yeah, maybe harder uh-huh. than harder than me having Grealish leave for fucking Man City. <laughs> well, that always happens. No, oh, come on. He's just gonna sit the bench there. He gave up. Like he's like the local legend. Would you rather play for a club where you could? shit in the street and everyone would love you for the rest of your life or go to man city and just get lambasted by everyone and, and play half the time. So you're saying he's Jamie Tart? Yes, he's absolutely. <laughs> he's coming back. Jack and, Grealish and, is Jamie Tart. And they have the same headband and the same thing and everything. So it's, so yes, he's going to go to man city. It's not going to work out. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to let him crawl back in two seasons and it'll be, and we'll open arms It'll be fine. But Messi going to play in PSG, I mean, he, he gave his life to to Barcelona. I mean, he was done there. 
I I know, but like the whole thing where like he broke down in the press conference when he was leaving, and then like he um he said that he had offered to cut his salary, but there was no way they could make it work financially. It's like I, I'll never know the truth, and I think that's why it's so difficult to like to swallow as a fan who has been quite literally watching him play football for the club that I support for the better part of twenty years, right? Um, who who hasn't really experienced what you'd consider a notable decline. Like it's it's a bit like LeBron, where it's like you can kind of see the, yeah. you, a little bit. Nobody, right? nobody is the twenty. No one is their twenty-five year old self, right? And you can kind of see it now and then, but like he still just does stuff that nobody else does. Right. And, and he makes and, plays. And the other thing is that ESPN got the La Liga this year. <laughs> He's out. So I wasn't gonna have to like go through all this like rigmarole to watch the games anymore. They were just gonna be on TV for me. Yeah, and I don't get to enjoy it. And I'm not watching. PSG. <laughs> they have baller uniforms, though, man. The PSG they are, uniforms. They, they, yeah, the PSG Jordans are really cool, too. That's the best. Those are the best uniforms. All right. Overtime. Overtime. So in the overtime, it's written here on the sheet that people love to parse language to excuse their bad behavior. And, of course, there's a lot of that going on right now. Right. <laughs> if you turn on the, the television for, oh, 30 seconds, you will find it happening. Well, so as of today, in Washington State, we're back in masks indoors full time, mm-hmm. which is probably the right move. Okay, given what's going on. Sure. Harborview is full. It's full. The ICU is full. So, but just a few days ago, even as late as la- late last week, I live in a county called Snohomish. Mm-hmm. The county health commissioner issued a directive. Now that's not a mandate. Mm-hmm. By definition. But it is, if you read it, which I did read the whole thing because I had to get into a thing about it. <laughs> with, <laughs> um, my kids go to a uh, an indoor soccer facility. Mm-hmm. It's very spacious. So sure. it is something that we felt pretty safe doing. The kids wear masks when they play. It's not something you know we're super concerned about. Obviously, it's become more and more concerning as the summer has worn on. Um, and they have been on the, you don't, if you're, once you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask thing for like a couple of months. Okay. And that's fine, pretty, that's whatever. been pretty typical. That's been pretty typical for the last, yeah, last month or so. Yeah. I mean, I never really stopped wearing one inside, like personally, mostly because I don't trust people. And I assume that people who are going to immediately tear it off are less likely to be actually vaccinated. Right. Than, like I'm not going to go to the grocery store without a mask on. Right. So for, for a while at this place, they were like, you, if you wanted to do it, you had to actually prove it and they would give you a wristband and you could take your mask off. Okay. Then that just sort of disappeared. I didn't right. see any change. They just seemed to stop doing it. Okay. Pain in the ass. I get it. So Thursday, last Thursday, the county medical, uh, he issued this directive about indoor masking. And he's like, we highly recommend that this and this and this and this and this. And so I sent an email uh, while we're there to the manager of this place, just their main info. You know, they're pretty good about being responsive. And it wasn't rude. I just said, uh, I, you know, you service a large vulnerable population in unvaccinated children. And I would kind of expect you to be leading on this as opposed to still doing optional masking particularly when mm-hmm. you have the county health official saying that we should probably go back to it, even if he's not forcing you to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like, I would expect you to be in front of this, not kind of behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the response I got was, well, there's been some misinformation out there about the mass policy. Whoa, so whoa, whoa. That's led to a lot of confusion. <laughs> it's like, we have diligently followed the guidelines set forth by the governor and CDC throughout the pandemic. Our HR department had an extensive conversation with the Snohomish, Snohomish County Department of Health after the recent mask policy announcement, during which it became clear that masking is a recommendation. 
not a mandate. Mm-hmm. It's up to businesses to decide whether to mandate masks. The news coverage around this has been mistakenly calling it a mandate, which has caused some confusion. We're, and then he goes on to say, we are requiring everyone that is five and above and unvaccinated to wear a mask in line with the state guidelines. If at some point every, having everyone mask, regardless of vaccination status, becomes a mandate, which is what happened today, mm-hmm. we will follow the guidelines appropriately. Well, I'm glad that you felt you needed to push back on me two days ago <laughs> because now you're, you're going to have to enforce right. these rules. I mean, this is not, I mean, again, I, the masks are, masks are obviously very, po- they're very polarizing. Whatever. They're actually, if you look at polling, not nearly as unpopular as everybody, as, as the news would have you think or as media no, would have you think. It's I mean, just that the people that don't want to wear them are super loud and obnoxious sure. about it. Sure. I mean, and that's, I mean, isn't that the, isn't that the case? There's always, on, in a lot of, in a lot of, in a lot of situations, there is a super loud minority who's just being mm-hmm. obnoxious about it. Mm-hmm. The mask people are being there. I, for me, it's just about, it's my decision. I get to wear the mask. I want to wear it. I'll wear it. Sure. I ride. I ride the bus. Again, I ride the bus. This is to one work. of the few places that I would restaurant. I wouldn't say anything. Grocery store, whatever. You know what? That's the rules. You can do whatever you want. You specifically are a business that services children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are servicing the single most vulnerable population to the virus right now. You yeah. should be because kids under twelve more. can't get vaccinations. Correct. And you should be requiring more safety, not less. And they also and they also them. don't decide whether or not they get vaccinated or not. So yes. Yeah, so given those two things. Like I have much, I just I have much, I have much less empathy for adults who decide. And again, from my perspective, you're free to do what you want to. I mean, that's the deal. You don't want to get them. You don't want to get the vaccination. Don't get it. You don't want to wear the mask. Don't wear it. But well, but I mean, that, but we have never had clear communication on vaccination to stop the spread. The minute they had that whole thing about if you're vaccinated, you can still spread it. Everybody who was even on the fence was like, well, fuck it then. I mean, that was... <laughs> We've lost the plot, though, as a globe. That, like, you have to stop the spread to stop the mutation. Otherwise, we're going to end up in the spring with a mutant that isn't covered by the vaccine, and we're going to be right, right back so, when we started two years so ago. So this is the... Well, not to get too deep into this, but <laughs> there, there is a lot to be said about people getting it and having appropriate treatments for people who get it. Sure. And to use, and so we, we're, we're, there's yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of, because a person who gets it and is treated properly, who's healthy and is treated properly, is in a better sp- space on the other side of that illness than you are as a vaccinated person. What? Well, if I get it and am treated properly as a vaccine, what do you? No, I'm that, saying like I'm saying if you if about. you yes <laughs> no it is because 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 there's I don't think there's enough there's not enough focus on the treatment of you know of of people who get it like the treatment of I don't think I don't think we've done enough in terms of like getting people proper treatment if you actually contract the disease. I'm focused yeah. on I'm personally I personally. I'm vaccinated and I believe in the vaccine and I believe in the vaccination, but there's also something to be said about the fact that if you get it and are, are properly treated, you are in a better immunity space on the other side of actually contracting the disease than someone who got, than someone who hasn't had the disease, but got the vaccine. You're saying that with a lot of authority. I'm not saying that with a lot of authority. I'm just. Well, you're saying. I mean, you're saying I, that's like my. Fact, that's though. my. I'm not saying it as fact. I'm just saying okay, that sounds that's, like it. This is this is my. This is because you think that you're better getting it and recovering, and have you think your immune response is better. I think I I I personally believe that 
if you were to get it and have a very light symptomatic and are treat or had got it and are treated that on the other end of that you are in better spot from an immunity standpoint I have to say that if if it's a risk though, but I'm telling you, it's not without risk because you because if you contract the virus, it can go very badly for you. And you should and you should not based, want to get that, and you should not well, want to get it. Based on my understanding of the science, I, I would have to push back on that opinion mostly because I would believe that if you want to make a sports analogy, if the vaccine is game film for your immune system, you're going to be better equipped to play that game. That even if you survive the game without the game film in advance. And feel like then you've learned enough about the opponent to be ready next time. I don't think you're in a better position. I, I just I, I don't think personal my, my my personal take based on what I understand is that I don't think the science supports that argument. But that's not neither here nor there. Yeah. I did reply to the reply. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> "Thanks for your reply. I can appreciate your point regarding it being a directive rather than a mandate, and then it's up to the businesses to dis, uh, discretion to require masks." And I said, my point remains, you should be servicing the most, or you service the most vulnerable de- demographic and should be leading. If you read the directive, I'd be interested in your reason behind reasoning behind not doing so. There's no way they replied to this. Of course not. That way. Then he uh, linked to the actual masking directive order. Like, not the news story, the, the, the actual government document. Uh-huh. And I said, I'm aware that masks are somewhat controversial, so I suppose it's your choice if you feel you'll potentially lose more customers by requiring indoor masking than not. And then I said, you're not, in fact, in line with state guidelines. You're in line with current mandates, but not current recommendations. If we're going to parse language as an excuse to avoid additional caution, let's be accurate throughout. <laughs> and then I said, quote, they didn't, tell us we, they didn't tell us that we have to is a pretty poor excuse for not making every effort to keep the kids safe. But as I suppose, as I said, I suppose it's your choice, as it is mine, to decide if I should continue to patronize your business. Right. Thanks for making your position clear. Yeah. And, and that's fair. And that's and and unfortunately, that's again. I don't know whose fault it is. I, you know, I don't know if it's us as a society who can't just sort of get our heads together and figure out what's best for all of us. Because I mean, that's never that's just never what we've been about. As, as a, you know, I mean, we're just, oh, we're, just not, certain... we're not ready. We're not ready to come together on this on this issue even remotely. As a there are a significant population. portion of the population that has decided that freedom means you don't get to tell me to do anything ever. Yes. And we talked about this before. Mask, vaccine mandates are not new. Proof of vaccination for schooling in public places and travel and all these things. It's not new. Hundreds of years. Quite literally more than 100 years vaccines have been required in schools. Right. I just don't, I don't hear about it anymore. Right. I mean, that's the... And, but again, it's, it's, it, 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 it should be much more simple. Like, it's like, there's a disease. It kills people. <laughs> you get the, get the vaccine. You know, yeah. I don't know. It just... Actually... There's a long list of them. So I, I, again, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, I don't exactly know what the, what, what all the to do is about. But again, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time. To be told. It's hard to argue with someone with no ideology because you can't ever get them to commit to any idea. It's just whatever they, whatever you're saying, their ideal, their ideology is the opposite of yours. Right. Yeah. And this is why the Taliban does so very well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They can't well, be- that's our show. <laughs> our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod, where we try to fit both your brains and ours with bespoke new ideas. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next week for more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, peace. Peace.